You broke the rules. I'm commissioner. I can break the rules because you guys broke the rules before. Guys, I can do whatever I want. I'm breaking them. I'm the commissioner. I'll make up new rules. Welcome back to Fantasy Insanity. I am your co-host, John Bosch. This is going to be a another of uh, Justin's going to join me. I, I can't seem to keep him away no matter how hard I try. Uh, so... Justin, who has recently started uh, contributing some articles to RotoViz as well, is kind enough to come back to do another Commissioner episode with me. Justin, thanks for joining me again. Yeah, man, thanks for having me on. Uh, we got I, mean, I think we have a good one. We have uh, a project that I did recently. I, I was going to say an article that I wrote, but really I wrote an introduction, and then the rest of it was just bothering people for answers. Um, so... An article that I have up that I just put on RotoViz was uh, 50 Fantasy Football Rules to Live By. And I got a ton of responses from uh, a lot of really well-known people, so that was pretty exciting. And I think what we're going to do for today is just kind of go through not all 50 of them. Um, you can go on RotoViz and read them all if you want to. Uh, but we're going to go through kind of our favorite ones and just ones that stick out and uh, you know, ones that we maybe agree on, disagree on, and just kind of have some talking points on that. So I think it'll be fun to go through them. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, obviously rule setup is a key component of putting together a league and you and I are both uh, all in favor of putting together leagues that are interesting and fun that keep people's attention. So you do have to have strong rules. And if you've got some unique ones that separate your league from others, it's just going to make the league a lot stronger and the owners will enjoy it and everybody's going to end up having a lot more fun. So that is what fantasy football is about. So uh, I'll let you go ahead and start off with, uh, you know, if you will just go back and forth here, listing some of the ones that we've picked out, they're all great. Uh, I, you know, all the, all the rules in there, they're all great rules. There are some competing ideas that I can actually uh, see both sides on and, and res- respect both sides. And I can see why, both sides would argue that point and want their rule in the league. So, you know, it's not all 100% necessarily, hey, make a league out of all of these because that would be impossible. But, uh, you know, read through it and you you might be inspired for some ideas. We'll go ahead and touch on some now if you want to go ahead and get started with one that you particularly liked. Sure. And I'll reiterate, they're numbered 50 to 1 in the article, but that doesn't mean 50 is the 50th best. I wasn't uh... – daring enough to rate all these people that are way more knowledgeable than me. I didn't want to, didn't want to burn any bridges. So they're just numbered for the sake of the article, but it's not, they're all, they're all good. They're all important. So yeah, uh, you would have been, you would have been blocked and uh, <laughs> denied and it, you, you know, which rule would have eventually had to be number one, but no, that's all right. Go on. Sure. Sure. Okay. So the first one I wrote down, we'll just start going uh, from 50 to one. The first one that I, that I wrote down that kind of stuck out to me was number 48 from John Paulson. Uh, he's on Twitter at four, four, four underscore John. Uh, he said, after watching Julian Edelman score 20.8 fantasy points by catching 13 passes for a measly 78 yards. Uh, and he lost the playoff game very narrowly. He said, he'd love to see leagues do away with PPR scoring and instead reward players for gaining first downs. Now that was a it was just an interesting one to me because I mean I think most people in the fantasy football industry that are on Twitter all the time seems like everyone loves PPR. So that was the first surprising thing was that he doesn't like PPR. Um and then the second surprising thing is that he wants to instead reward players for gaining first downs, which I know when you set up a league on MFL there's all those crazy scoring options and I know first downs is one of them. Uh but I've never played in a league with first downs being rewarded. Um, so it's actually it's actually a topic that I really want to dive into more research and possibly even write an article on, but uh, it was interesting enough that I wrote it down. So what, what do you think on that? Uh, have you ever been in a league where you get awarded for first downs? I've not, but I have, I have heard people talking about it. And if I'm not mistaken, I think there are like correlations of how productive an actual like first down is to an NFL offense. So I think it, right. is good. it would be good to correlate some fantasy points to that because in reality, a first down, be, you know, is towards winning a game. Why shouldn't it be in a, in a fantasy game? And as you know, I have, I have already started to scale back from full point PPR. I am, I've gone down to 0.75 because I think, I think we already are a little bit off the deep end. So I'm scaling back a little bit at a time. I, I may eventually even go back to half. I'll never get rid of it altogether because you have to like that. You have to like PPR some. 
sometimes I feel like you're just working on your hashtag brand by doing doing something a little different, like 0.75. You can't just do a half or full. It has to be the John Bosch 0.75 PPR, you know? Exactly. Uh, well, a half just doesn't seem like enough, and one seems like too much. So you go right in between, you know? That's one, yeah, that, that's one that, get for, you know, points for gaining first downs. I'd really like to, to learn more about what that looks like, you know, how many points and, and all that in his league. So that was a cool one, one to, one to definitely look into. So what was the first one you had written down? Yeah, I didn't number mine, so uh, I'll just oh, go with the, with the names. Yeah, I, I'm super prepared, obviously. Host, uh, co-host, maybe I'll just be a guest at some point again, maybe <laughs> if I'm lucky. Uh, Drew Dotson's, I, I really liked his. He made the suggestion that every league should have a group communication system, whether it be on Voxer, a Twitter DM. I think that's a great idea. That's something that I have started to try and instill in – even if I'm doing a mock draft, I try and make it so that just all the people that are working together on anything, there is one solid place where people can communicate. It makes everything a little bit easier. And like he said, it makes everything a little bit more fun. You get you get to know people a little bit more when you're when you have an easy place to go and communicate with them as a group. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. We just in my dynasty league, we just started a Vox whatever you call it, a Voxer group. Um, but since then, I mean, we're all kind of from all over. So since then, I mean, you know, trash talk or even just, just talking about the league has increased a ton. So um, I think it's it's one of those things that seems obvious, but I'm, I'm sure a lot of leagues don't have, you know, a group chat outside of, you know, MFL or Yahoo or whatever it's hosted on. So I think that does add a lot to it. So that's a, I thought that was a really good one as well. Yeah, and I do run some leagues where people don't – not everybody has the same forms of communication. Right. Uh, so I try, and, I try and keep email chains going, and that's challenging. So anything better than email is probably better. At this point, people don't even read emails. So anything no, where you no. can sign on, get a quick, you know, like, you know, a Twitter direct message at a group. That's easy. Check it real fast. Scroll on, move on. I think those are – I think that's a great thing to have in a league. Yeah. What do you got next? Much. Next one I have is number 45, uh, Jarrett, is it Bihar? Behar? Mm-hmm. I can never remember how you say that. Uh, but he's on Twitter, I have the Gator. Um, this is one that's, I mean, I've definitely heard it before, but I, I, I marked it because I think there's a lot of leagues that still don't do it. Um, and it's basically requiring uh, owners pay that future deposit for, for trading future draft picks uh, in dynasty leagues. And so, um, you know, I just joined a league this last year. And that was kind of a topic of discussion because it wasn't currently, you know, in the bylaws to have to do that. And, you know, there were some owners who had traded out their 2017, 2018 picks. And you want to give people the benefit of the doubt. But at the same time, it's like people leave leagues. And when somebody leaves this league, you're going to have to figure out something for that for that owner coming in. Because the people that are leaving leagues usually are leaving a team that's, you know, that didn't just win the championship and if that's the case and they don't have future draft picks, uh, it just makes, you know, finding that replacement owner pretty difficult. So that's one that I, I wrote down. Is mo- are most of the leagues that you play in as far as dynasty leagues, do they have that rule? Uh, I think some of them do. Some of them don't. I have, in, you know, the humongous Empire League that I started, I, I required like an extra 25% in year one and, and will in year two, three, and four until they get that cushion that I talked about. Uh, sure. But I'm starting another one where I'm probably not going to require that. But it's with a group that I think will be active enough that I don't have to worry about that. Right. If somebody, if it looks like somebody's excessively trading away their future, you know, right. I, I might say something to them. Right. But I think if you trust the owners, uh, you know, this is a league where we're hand picking the owners, so it's on me if I if I'm picking people that aren't as committed as I, as I think they will be. Sure. Yeah. I think it's an interesting one because even if you do require deposits, you kind of have to specify, is it just for a first round pick? Is it for a, you know, mm-hmm. first or second round pick? Are you paying the full dues? Are you paying half the dues? The league that I just joined, we decided on paying half the dues um, for trading. I think it's a first round pick. So there's a lot of different ways you can go about it. Honestly, I don't know the best way. It probably just, it's going to probably vary by league, but I never think it's a bad idea to have it in place. 
Yeah, I'm in one league where it was required to basically pay the pay the year that you trade. The next one that I had written down uh, it was actually in there kind of in a couple of different ways from a couple of different people. Uh, Peter Overzet, Kelly, Matt Kelly, um, is to give your final playoff spot to the highest score in the week right before the playoffs. That's a pretty intriguing way to to stop people from giving up on their season. And it also, even if you've had, you know, rash of injuries, if your players end up coming back, you could go from being a terrible team to all of a sudden being the team that you thought you had throughout the season. And you're not totally dead. I mean, I, I like having that. I like that idea of always having a chance a little bit, at least. Sure. So was that within that suggestion? So it was like, you know, week 13, it's the highest score from week 13. Yeah, if you have a sixteen playoff where you're playing, you know, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, I believe it just said the highest score that's not already in the playoffs in week thirteen gets that final spot. Which uh, there's a there's a little bit of chance in that, and somebody might have worked pretty hard. But let's face it, the team that's already in sixth place, they didn't really they didn't do too much to earn it. If you're in a you know a twelve or a fourteen team league. It's not yeah. like they're it's not like they're a dominant team. They probably ended up having, you know, one more win or maybe two right. in the next the next team. So maybe that I could see that being I don't know if I like it that much. I could see, you know, that sixth place team, they could have five losses. I mean, it could be one of those things and the person that gets in could have two wins. And it's like they had yeah. one good week. I mean, it, it makes it interesting for everyone, but I could see me being the sixth seed and just being pretty mad. Oh yeah, I can certainly see myself being mad at that too. But I, yeah. I would, I do also like that. I like that little bit of a last, last chance. Make and make a last effort at trying to get in. Yeah. So my next one comes uh, in at number forty-one from Charlie Klein Hexel at Rotoviz, uh, and he says that he likes the concept of uh, trade offers having to be responded to within forty-eight hours. Um, and I've, I've heard that on Twitter a few different times from a few different people. Um, and sometimes it's the 72 hours, sometimes it's 48. Um, and, you know, I don't know if the penalty for for not responding matters that much. I'm sure you can kind of adjust it to your league. But I think it's fascinating. Um, I think it keeps people involved and uh, paying attention, which is, I mean, I can't tell you how many times in my dynasty league that I send offers and six days later – it hasn't been responded to, and I just say, screw it. I'm not letting it expire. I'm going to revoke it. Like, I'm not going to give the system the satisfaction of expiring. Like, it's going to be on my terms. So it's so frustrating when that happens. But I'd, I'd be all for that. Are you uh, Are you I'm in a crazy big leagues? proponent of that? Yeah, I think, that's a, I think that's a fantastic rule. I think it might have actually – I don't know if it was in this article or if it was a, a, somebody said something on your site uh, about it's automatically accepted if you don't respond that was that was strict now i i do think you know there has to be like vacation provisions put in 40 offers a day like hopefully (laughs) you will just not remember to click but again if you if you've got a good easy way to communicate with people that makes it a lot easier hey guys look and girls i'm on vacation for the next week so i can't respond to trades as long as you've got something where that's legit then I don't see any problem with it. I think that's actually what we, uh, what's being instilled in our power hungry league that's to come. Yeah. So. And I'm going to take a lot of vacations. So we need that. <laughs> in there. Traveling, traveling salesperson. There you go. Yeah. All right. You're up. Oh, I'm up. All right. The next one I got is, uh, from our buddy, Mike Margosian. Stupid bets. It's fun. This, this game is about fun. In, obviously you can't, organically require stupid bets. I mean, I guess you can say you got to buy somebody a pizza or a 12 pack of beer, but anytime that there is a chance to put any kind of a, doesn't have to be financial, any kind of, you know, somebody's talking too much trash about one of their players. If you can step up and offer them a bet on that player, anything like that makes the league more fun. I have seen, I've seen it where people have bet more money on a fantasy outcome then they've actually paid to play in that league because oh, yeah. somebody somebody's running their mouth so much that it's all right we're going to you know what let's let's talk about it we'll, we'll put the next 2 years worth of entry fees on this 
And uh, of course, if you've been running your mouth, you really can't back down against that. So yeah. Oh, that makes yeah. it makes it really interesting. I feel like every year in my redraft league, we have a a thread on the message board for side bets, and I mean, it just you're right. It does make it a ton more fun because, like, my leagues, you know, it's not a lot of money to get into, so it's you know, you might as well uh, throw around some side bets that make it fun. Yep. And peer to peer bet peer to peer betting is of course totally legal, I'm pretty sure. I don't I don't know if it is. <laughs> I think there I think it's legal in some places at least. Yeah, maybe you should edit that out. Um, yeah, we're good. Yeah, probably. Okay, so Edit, next, edit entertainment purposes only. Yeah. I did write I actually wrote down your answer at number forty. I don't want to go too much into it. Uh, I just finished an article. Uh, that should be publishing tomorrow. I don't know when this podcast is going to publish, but um, it was based on your response. So, congrats, John. You're famous. Uh, right. But, but your this is, response- this is not. You do realize this is not Harmon's podcast. You do. You are not required to actually like suck up to the host. Uh, so your suggestion was one point per eight rushing yards, and so. Anyway, I was like, that's weird. Seems like something John would do. And I didn't really like, I didn't pay that much attention to it. Um, but I was like, I gotta I gotta look at look it up, do some research and see what that actually means. Um, and when I did, I found some pretty cool stuff. So anyway, I wrote an article on it. Um, I think it's a really viable option, even though it sounds weird. So that was my next one. Um, maybe we can save that conversation for another podcast, but I thought that was a pretty good one. Well, I'm glad that the mountains and mountains and mountains of research that I sent your way uh, was extremely helpful. Yes. You saw the idea and went and researched it. I will have to tell you, I did not put any research into coming up with that idea. I literally just guessed. Just as I am. You made a really good guess for the number (laughs) because it made a lot of sense after I did the research. Yeah, I'm glad it came out that way. Uh, Maybe 0.75 points per reception is also the way to go. Again, total random guess. So the next one I have is I'm not picking anything that's like real good rules. I've so far I've gone communication, uh, put in, keep people interested in the league with the last, you know, a last stitch effort. Uh, I've got stupid bets. And the next one I have is Adam Zekas, embarrassing punishments (laughs) along the same lines with stupid bets. You know, I'm all about keeping fantasy fun. So the ones that I like in the in here so far, they're all following a common thread. I didn't do. I didn't realize that as I was picking them out. I just uh, realizing it as I'm talking about them all. That's something that's fun. Again, if you're if somebody in your league doesn't do something, or if they're just terrible, you know, an embarrassing punishment is pretty fun. Yeah. So. No. Absolutely. I don't. I mean, I don't have anything in particular in my leagues for last place. I've. I feel like I've said stuff before, like I've come up with something, but then by the end of the year, people kind of forget about it and I yeah. haven't reiterated it and usually it just doesn't happen. But that'd be awesome if you did did hold people. I mean, you always see the picture of people online like standing in their underwear on, on the side of a busy street. Like that, that'd be pretty funny. Yeah, I don't think we'll have to do that. But what the figures, I don't need anybody, I don't need to see videos of people standing in their underwear, but what the figure something out to put in there for well, we do it the last place. The last place has to be the commission of crap. So that's actually a pretty bad punishment. I thought that was a really good rule. You got you to take care of all the stuff nobody wants to take care of the next year. Yeah, you got to collect the fees. You got to make all the make sure all the transactions. That's a per, yeah. That's a pretty good punishment. That's not embarrassing. That's just that is punishing. So, uh, the I think it's your turn then. Yep. Next one I have it comes in at number twenty-seven. Joey Mags at JoJo L Mags on Twitter. Um, this was interesting cause I think it's a, probably a good thing. Uh, but one that I would kind of be scared to do, uh, but it was rule changes can only pass with eight out of 12 owners, uh, or greater that vote. Yes. Um, so I thought that was interesting because I've always done majority, which I guess in a 12 team league would be seven out of 12. Um, but I found it interesting because I, I, I tend to make, possibly too many changes in my leagues, but um, I always feel like there's things every off season that I find out that I really like that I want to see if other people like. And so a lot of times those changes just squeak through like this year in my main redraft league, we have 22 people. 
um, amongst two leagues, and we voted on Superflex, and we snuck it out by one one vote. And so I just, like I said, I probably changed things too much, but I feel like if you want to progress in a league, I mean, I think it's necessary. Uh, so I don't know. What do you think on that? Do you think it should be majority or super majority or whatever you call that? Yeah, I, I think it should be a larger than just majority because, it, it, like you said, when you squeak by on just one vote, in every league that I run, the, the person that suggests the the topic, Doesn't they, vote. Put it, they put it up, they don't vote. So there's always going to be an odd number. So say right. you're in a 14-team league. If it only passes 7 to 6, right. I mean, that's that's not a lot. And if it fails 7 to 6, you know the person that suggested it also wanted it. So that truly would be a 50-50 split. Um sure. So, I mean, when you only go with a slight majority, you're really leaving yourself open to risk of making it so that half the people don't like it. Uh, but if you make it, you know, a good majority, if it's, you know, 10 out of 13 or something like that, then there's 10 people that are happy. Well, 11, if you can include the person that put it up, and there's three that aren't. It's a lot easier to appease those three people than it is more than that. So using that example with a 14-team league, the person who proposes it doesn't vote. So there's 13 total. How? What's your ideal number for needing it to pass or like having it pass? Um, I, I think I would – I think 10. I mean, now, I am also very happy for open debates on things, and if people want to try and convince others, I have no problem with that. If people want to sell their side, I don't – as long as it you know doesn't get out of hand, a discussion about a rule change is always good, and it might actually lead to what the true rule change should be. A lot of times when you start talking back and forth between competing sides, there ends up being some sort of a compromise that the entire league then enjoys. So that's yeah. how I would prefer to proceed when I have you know rule change discussions. Yeah, no, I think that makes a lot of sense. I just I know at least from my own personal experience. I feel like there's at least three or four guys in every league that no matter what it is, they're just going to say, nah, let's keep it the same. Like they've never researched what a super flex league is. They haven't considered what PPR or adding a flex is. They just say, eh, status quo, you know, let's leave it the same. And to me, that's scary when, you know, three people that don't really care that much dictate what everyone you know dictate that nobody else can change so you know think of it being kickers three guys that are just like yeah that's fine i don't care i mean we don't need to change it but the rest of the league is adamant it's like i mean is that really fair so i don't know yeah that ends up being then the responsibility of the other owners to to educate you know if it is truly like they just they just don't care enough to even look into something then it's on the other owners to try and educate them and Honestly, if there's an owner that literally just never wants to change and is constantly preventing the league from growing, then it's probably not that hard to get a vote together to see if you have a replacement uh, requirement. Yeah. You know, if the entire league wants to grow and there's somebody that's holding it back, probably not that hard to remove that person, I would imagine. That stinks, but if somebody wants to play in the same old league that they've always played in, they can go find that somewhere else, I would say. Right. I definitely see the argument for supermajority. I just uh, the the part of me that sees leagues that don't don't ever evolve because of a few people gets frustrated. So yeah, uh, I think it, I think at this point now though we're playing in some crazy enough leagues that the the other the owners that we're playing with that, that at least that I'm playing with now and you know our upcoming leagues they're right. gonna be they're gonna be owners that are up for new challenges. That's so. true. You have to kind of the owners in your league. You have to be on the same sort of craziness with it or else you're going to be a little frustrated. So, Yeah, so my, my next one uh, was from Mike Riggs, uh, Gridiron Experts. <laughs> he does a keeper league where you do not know exactly how many keepers you're going to have. They roll a dice, uh, and if it comes up to three, you get three keepers that year. Comes up to six, you get six keepers that year. You roll it, and you pick your keepers on the spot, and then they move on to proceed with the draft. Again, I am picking. <laughs> I am picking things that keep things interesting, fun, entertaining. I pay to play fantasy football because of the entertainment that I get out of it. I can't even imagine what the anticipation of watching that die would be. If you're 
if you're a super strong team and you're sitting there going, come on six, come on six. I mean, you got to imagine like they're uh, just picture the entire league, like around a craps table and you got the shooter just sitting there and you know, half the table's rooting for a one half the table's rooting for a six to me that to me, that's fun. That's what fantasy football should be as fun. I agree. I think that one is pretty cool. I do. I mean, terrifying. It's also terrifying. It's terrifying <laughs> as much fun as it sounds to like have one that, I mean, that literally lasts a half a second. It's like, Oh, okay. Now we have two. <laughs> um, so I, I agree with the randomness of it being fun. Um, I would, I would think it would be cool to have some sort of like elongated game, you know, a game amongst oh. everyone that somehow, you, you know, you end up with a number one through six because of the game, probably involving shots. I don't know. But uh, that actually would be fun too. Yeah. What you What do you have for your next one? Next one uh, comes from Carla Gruce at CoinFlip22. I really liked this one. Um, the playoffs wouldn't be as exciting, I don't think. Um, but I think as somebody who, whenever I get in the playoffs, I always lose. Um, she said, if you you know you have six teams heading into your playoffs, rather than doing matchups, you do a three week uh, total points race. And basically with the idea being, you know, if you make the playoffs, you got to prove it three weeks in a row, um, you know, consistency over a three week period to be able to be named champion. And I think that's pretty cool. Like it's, it takes a little bit of the flukiness out of it, um, which I'm always a big fan of. So I don't know. I've never played in a league like that. Um, I'm assuming maybe Carla runs a few leagues like that, but it's pretty cool to me. I do like that idea. And Carla is one of my commissioners. I actually can't tell you what the rules are. It's a brand, it's a brand new one. I don't know if that's how the playoffs are set up or not. If it is, that's going to be neat. Uh, she's a great commissioner, so <laughs> I respect her a lot. And uh, if that is the way the playoffs are set up, I should probably already know that. I'm a terrible owner, but uh, that'd might, be fun. You might not have to actually. Might not have to worry about it. Maybe not. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I didn't do too. I didn't do too terrible in that draft. But uh, so my next one is from the first guest on this podcast. Thank you very much, Ryan McDowell. Uh, he suggests basically a, a a the losers compete for the for an extra draft pick in the rookie draft, which that is a rule that I love. Anytime that you can do anything to make people compete to not tank. Uh, it's a lot, which would you rather get, you know, compete to get that an extra pick in the first round and have like the 1.7 and the 1.13 or the 101 because you tanked your entire season. You know, maybe this year you wanted the 101 only, but in most years getting that is going to be an advantage. So people are going to continue to try and fight to win instead of, instead of lose. So I like that. That one is interesting. There was a number of answers. Some of them didn't quite make it into the article, but a number of answers surrounding rookie drafts and the, you know, the draft order and, and just some different things around that. So that is really interesting. There was one that I really liked. I don't think that it made it into the article because it was just similar to the other ones, but it, it was similar to that idea, but it basically said if you win the league, you get the 112 and you get the 113. And so it's as, a, as opposed to – being completely penalized uh, in a rookie draft for winning the league. It's like, hey, you get – I mean, it might still not be as good as getting the 103 or 4, you know, depending on the draft class, but it's it still does make it, you know, a big bigger perk over the second and third place team, you know, by quite a bit for sure. Wow. If you had a good team, you could really start rolling. And if you're getting yeah. essentially two first-round picks each year, that's – I mean, granted, once you get down to the bottom of the first, it's a lot – you know, it's a lot riskier, but still that yeah. could, that could keep your dynasty rolling for a pretty good long time. Yeah. Next one I have, uh, comes in at number 10 from John Paul Hurley at DTC underscore John H, uh, hosts an amazing podcast. One of my favorites, uh, the dynasty Trade calculator, but, um, he said they created what's called the Donald Sterling award. I don't know if I know why it's called the Donald Sterling award. <laughs> Maybe I should. Um, but essentially, he said it's basically like it, it was basically when they created it. Uh, all the stuff was going on with Donald Sterling. Okay, he doesn't actually get to do it because of what the award is. It it just kind of fit at that time. It's not I about like racism or anything, right? Oh, Donald no, no, Sterling no. It's just because it, the the well, go on and tell what the description was, and 
And then I think it fits with basically like Donald Sterling's the worst person in the world. Right, right, right. Uh, oh, that that makes sense. Um, well, basically, it was like it was uh, uh, criteria for being active in a league and, and a, essentially penalty if you don't meet the, these certain criteria. So um, it was basically like if you have lineup errors, um, you know, if you're not posting on the message board, if you're not responding to trades in a certain amount of time, um, what what they say the penalty is. They said the owner that ranks the lowest you know, they put together the scoring system. The owner that ranks the lowest is put up for a vote to be kicked out of the league, which is pretty hardcore, um, but would definitely get that guy out of the league if, uh, you know, every league has one or two. And so it definitely, it monitors who is the worst owner or the most annoying uh, that doesn't pay attention. So I thought it was pretty cool. I, I want to actually get more details from him on that and possibly, you know, write an article or get in depth into what they do. Cause I think it's pretty fascinating. Yeah. And uh, I'm pretty sure you might've told the story on, on the, uh, on the trade calculator podcast where, and that's, that's probably what I'm remembering it from. I don't, I don't think it was in the article, like you said, but uh, yeah, that's what it, basically Donald Sterling was the worst person in the world and doing everything terrible. He was the worst owner in the NBA. So they got rid of him and that it just, that's when they decided to do that. And that uh, just matched up pretty well there. So yeah. I, I like that idea too, but again, I, I'm I'm hopefully in leagues now where I don't have to deal with that. Right. That's my that's my hope is to just not ever have to deal with anything like that anymore. So. Yeah, most most of the Twitter leagues and most of the ones that form amongst the people that only talk about fantasy football all day don't really have to worry about that. A lot of these might uh, pertain more to that home league with that guy that you invited that might have never played fantasy football before and all that. So, yeah. And then uh, I've, I've got one left that uh, I don't, how many you got left? If you want to go through yours, we have one left. Oh, perfect. Well, my final one is something that I am extremely passionate about now that people have probably come to find not something I ever would have even thought of. Uh, but now it, it will be a requirement in every league that, that I start from here on out. Scott Fish, of course, is huge for his charity. He was kind enough to come onto this podcast and talk about all of that. And it's inspiring. I, I think it's a great way to let fantasy football do some good. I mean, we get tons of enjoyment out of it. When you pay you know, $25 into a league, if you win 250 bucks. That's awesome. If you win $225, that's also awesome. So like taking a little bit of a cut and donating it to any charity, his in particular is the Toys for Tots Drive. I think that's awesome. I, I, I never would have even thought about that. And I don't think any league that, I mean, everybody that's going to join him, they're going to know up front. So I don't know, honestly, if it's a deal breaker, they don't have to join a league with me anymore. Uh, sure. But I don't think anybody's really ever even bat an eye at that. And I hope this is an idea that just spreads and catches like wildfire and more and more people do it. He has said it, and I'll repeat it. If every single league just donated a little bit, it would be a ton of money for charity. So I, you know, I, I'll pitch his site even again. It's fantasycares.net. There's ways to donate and play in fantasy football leagues around charity. It, it's a great idea. Yeah, it is. And I feel like I've heard him say that a number of times of just, I mean, think of how many leagues there are. I mean, it's never going to be the case where every league donates, but the more that buy into shoot, if a league donates $5, <laughs> like every, every dollar counts to, you know, people that are in need and stuff. So uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. He, they're doing a lot of, a lot of great stuff with that and they've raised a lot of money. So it's cool that, that they're able to do that. So, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, the uh, so the the power hungry league that we're forming, you know, there's it's going to work out to where forty dollars every year will get donated to the Fantasy Cares Net, um, basically through there, so to, to the Toys for Tots drive, and so the the champion they might not get that forty dollars, but they're going to end up actually getting to play in four leagues that Scott's going to create. So yeah. they're going to be fun leagues. There, you know, there's prizes for those. So they're still getting something. It's not like they're just completely losing out and it's money they never had anyways. So, uh, you know, I, I was floored when I first saw that idea and I absolutely love it. 
The one thing that I'll add to it, because Scott's even mentioned it, he was on, oh, maybe the DLF podcast. I can't remember. I listened to like 40 of them. DLF, Um, Overtime Ireland. (laughs) He's everywhere. But he had basically said, like, there's a selfish part of it. Like, he loves to be able to go. uh, It was either him or Jeff Miller, maybe both. Love to be able to go pick out toys, be able to go do all that. Um, So, and we're all kind of, you know, a little bit selfish in our own way. So, like, that's a good way to be selfish. Um, But, like, I think it'd be cool. You know, it's obviously good to give to that one. But um, even, you know, you have your random home league the winner gets to choose what, you know, what uh, charity it goes to. So I think that's kind of cool too, because we all have our different types of, you know, passions for, for what we like to give to. So I think that's a pretty cool perk for the winner to be able to do that and, and kind of get that satisfaction out of it. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's all kinds of ways to incorporate giving into fantasy football. And I mean, it's inspired me to make sure that I, I never leave that out ever again. So. Yep. That's a, that's an awesome habit to get into. Um, okay. Last one. Mine isn't as heartwarming. I feel like a jerk now. Um, but it was, it was actually, I should have should, told you and we should have ended on Scott's. Yeah, we really should have. I can reverse the order on yeah, editing. Really heartwarming. That, that would be, that would be way too much work. I'm not going to, Oh, is it a UTH? I can't do all that music with, you know, the end of the, I'll have uh, to, I'll have to ask. I know. that's pretty I don't, epic I don't do all that work. <laughs> Um, so my favorite one, actually my favorite one, one that I, it's not that I had never thought of it, but I had never been put into words. Um, I already talked about mine. Well, this is my second favorite. Of course yours is my favorite. Um, (laughs) stop interrupting. Okay. So it was number six, um, from Scott Barrett, uh, on Twitter at dude fantasy bro, which is actually just an awesome Twitter handle. Um, I've never read that out loud. So basically he had said that he likes in his, uh, I assume mostly dynasty leagues, being able to make conditional trades. Um, so an example that he gave was I can trade Leonte Carew for Eric Decker um, with the caveat that if Eric Decker plays less than 11 games, I'm compensated with a second round pick in 2017. So like that's just an example, but you could do it with anything. You know, there's those players that you trade for that you say, gosh, if this, you know, their risks, you know, they're injury prone or whatever the case may be, man, if something happens, then I'm going to feel horrible about this trade. I mean, it's just like real life, you know? Um, so I think that that's cool. I mean, it would, it would take a little bit more work from the commissioner to be able to track it. Um, but it really wouldn't take that much work. You just write it down and if it happens, it happens. And, um, you know, you get compensated on one end if you kind of get the raw end of the deal. So I think that's just a cool way to make it, uh, um, I guess more, I don't know. I guess they do that in real life uh, to a certain extent. I don't know exactly how the NFL rules work on that, but um, that was pretty cool. What do you think about that one? Uh, I do like that one. It, when I read it, I, I I never really thought there was anything preventing conditional trades, but I've never put anything in writing specifically approving it. Um, I right. it, it was something that, you know, if the issue ever came up, I would have always just said, well, yeah, I mean, I think, that that's obviously approved. Somebody just has to keep track of it for the power right. hungry. We'll just uh, we'll add that to the com- list of duties of the commissioner of crap. So they're really, you really are not going to want to lose that league. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. Well, I mean, you're right. It, it wouldn't take much for, to instill that in a league. You could just say, Hey guys, you can do this. If you agree on it with one other person, then it happens. I don't know why it wouldn't be able to happen. So um, I just never really thought of offering a trade that way. So that was pretty interesting. I might I might try to look into that in, in some of my leagues. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think we've covered the article pretty well. Uh, now, is, was there anything else that you wanted to mention about it? I don't think so. I mean, just special thanks to everyone that responded. I feel like uh, maybe people that follow me on Twitter might be getting annoyed, you know, because every time that, that Rotoviz tweets it out, I'm still kind of excited that I have an article on Rotoviz. Um, but I'll retweet it and I'll say, thanks, you know, Matt Harmon or whatever. And they'll retweet it. I mean, selfishly, I probably want these people to retweet it. So a lot of people see it, but, um, but anyway, I mean, there's people that, you know, whatever are big names in the industry that, uh, were willing to respond. So I thought that that was pretty cool. Um, to all the people that didn't respond, I mean, you're dead to me, 
but you know, everyone that did respond, I thought that was, I thought that was pretty neat. So thank you to, to all those people and a lot of great input. And I was, I was really excited for how the article turned out. Yeah. And there's, I mean, that's, you know, we, that's been discussed on this podcast repeatedly, just how open people in this community are to helping each other. I mean, like you said, you had a project, not necessarily a writing article, but you still went through all the work of reaching out, getting all this, compiling it. I mean, it still a lot of work and I'm sure a lot of time, but you know, a lot of people did help you with it, which is awesome. And as for getting somebody to tweet other stuff out for you, I mean, that is huge. And I will say I shame, shamelessly asked people to retweet Scott, the episode that I just did with Scott. Uh, and I basically told him, look, I don't usually ask for retweets, but in this case, I, I want as many eyes and ears seeing that episode as possible because I think the charity aspect's good. So, I mean, and I most of them, most of the people, you know, sent it right out and that's huge. And I think they understand, and I, I know that Harmon has talked about it multiple times, that he understands that, you know, the power of a, a simple retweet takes nothing but it definitely exposes way more people to seeing it. So, you know, right. I don't think anybody that's seeing your timeline is is getting annoyed and showing the appreciation by a simple thank you. I made sure I went and I thanked every single person that retweeted that episode for me because I wanted to make sure that they understood. I look, I really do appreciate it. Like that well, is I, huge. I, I, so. I don't think you ever thanked me. Yeah, I know I did. I know <laughs> I did. <laughs> I know I I know I thanked you. I know you did. I was just joking. All right. All right. Well, since Justin's going to be mean to me now, it's time to ask more fun questions now. Uh, oh he's not actually being mean. Well, we're still going to get to know each other a little bit through the podcast, right? No, I didn't, I didn't get prepared with anything, but I can think of something right now if you want. Yeah, you can think. I'll, I'll ask you the first question and you can think while uh, – while you're answering, mine's not actually anything scary. I'm just, I'm wondering if you had a favorite Saturday Night Live Jeopardy category. Oh, gosh. Uh, it has to be the, the ape tit one. <laughs> is, that, is that Saturday Night Live? <laughs> that, it, it wasn't like, like appetite and... Uh, something. <laughs> and he's like, I'll take uh, ape tit for a thousand. Is that how he said it? Yeah, it was uh oh Norm Macdonald, I think. Yeah, but uh, I don't I don't think that's exactly how it sounded. How did he say it? You're not going to do an accent? That was my accent. You oh, okay. No, I I totally missed it. No, I'm not doing it again. All right. Uh, Cuz it's no good. So what's yours? Oh, um I you know I I really thought Swords was funny. <laughs> I don't know why cuz it wasn't it wasn't like the best one. S words swords or or the that one or the pen is mightier and i won't try and do a sean connery accent but <laughs> i'll let you use your imagination for what the pen is mightier meant yeah. so yeah uh that was one of my favorite skits of all time so I, i'm just glad that you actually got a reference i know well you're not talking about uh, uh what's that movie you like that's right gosh i was before we even started this podcast i was supposed to ask you you still have not watched goonies have you no, and, and I Ferris still haven't watched the other one. Ferris, the other one, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah. Oh, you're you're so frustrating. I'm a three-year-old son. I can't watch movies. All I watch is Daniel. You are literally Ferris. sitting alone in a hotel room right now. You should be doing nothing but watching movies. They don't have it on this TV. All right. Oh, my yeah. Lord. Literally, What's I've that? seen every episode of Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood, which is actually a really good show. Do you guys watch that? Uh, my kids are a little past it now, but we, I have seen Daniel Tigers. I mean, it was, you know, it's very educational. Like I don't yeah, even, it was, it's bad. My son has learned more from that show than me for sure. Yeah. It's a, it's an animated version of, you know, Mr. Rogers neighborhood. So it really is. I don't know how they got those copyright, whatever. Well, it's all PBS. <laughs> oh, that's true. I didn't, PBS, that. uh, yeah. I just thought it was on uh, Netflix or Hulu or whatever we watch it on. Actually, oh really no! See, I we watched it on PBS Sprout or nice. PBS Kids. I can't even right, remember the jingle now. Fire away! You're lucky that I just always have these in my mind that I just think about them all day. Justin so just pulled out a binder, FYI. Yeah. No. So we have a ton of we have a ton <laughs> oh, of schools in our neighborhood, and uh, 
And I, I mean, I just, I really do actually like squirrels a lot. There's people that don't like them very much. Um, but I actually do like them a lot. I care for them and everything. So my question Wait, is, you, you care for them? I, I have uh, feelings. Like I don't care for them, like take care of them, but I okay. care about okay. them. That's better. I, okay. I got gotcha. you. I care about them. So my question to you, because there's people that, you know, huge trucks that fly, nothing against trucks, kind of against trucks, that fly through our neighborhood. And, like, if there's a squirrel, they're going to, like, either they're going to hit it if the squirrel doesn't move or – anyway, my question to you, so, do you, like, what level do you move out of the way for squirrels when you're driving? Like, obviously, if they're alive, you move out of the way, right? Yeah, I don't want my car getting dirty, so I try not to – I uh, drive an old piece of junk car, but I still – I do not – That's your concern is you don't want the car to get dirty? <laughs> Uh, I phrased it that way just to set you up for that. No, I I do my best not to kill animals. That's so. What I think about, I think that's a given. What about if a squirrel is already dead on the? I do not run over roadkill because at, at that point, I mean, I'm not going to go like care for it and clean it up, but uh, <laughs> care about it, not care for. I don't care for them either on the road. I don't, I don't have a stomach for that, but. No, I, I, I will definitely avoid it. There's a bird laying in the road. I will make sure I don't run over it. I right. will share the story that the, the worst, the, like the worst animal encounter I ever had. I was mowing I my, mow, what's that? Well, I don't really want to hear it. What is it? Okay, just say it now. I was mowing my grass and all of a sudden I heard this awful noise and it was high grass, like in between bushes. Mm-hmm. And then there was this awful smell and, Oh, I shouldn't even. I, I'm going to have to delete bird. this. It was probably just a bird, right? Turtle. Okay, it doesn't matter what it is. What'd you say? Turtle. A turtle? Yeah, I felt, and I felt terrible. Oh. Like, I mean, I didn't see it. It was hidden. It was, it was hidden. I mean, that's kind of the reason that they are the yeah. color they are. And, oh, oh I felt so bad. Oh. I, I did. I, I felt terrible. I mean, there was nothing I could do. I didn't know it was there, but I felt terrible. Yeah, so, I yes, I... I actually do have a heart, believe it or not. Yeah. Well, I'm glad to hear you at least swerve for even dead squirrels because there's so many people that just like, obviously you see them, either you're not paying attention or you don't care. I'm surprised how many people just run them over. I'm like, I can't do that. If I do it on accident, it like just, it just makes me feel bad. Yeah. I'm, uh, that reminds me of the Seinfeld scene where, you know, the pigeon doesn't get out of the road and George runs into the pigeon thought we had I thought we had an agreement or I thought we had a deal or I can't remember what the exact line is but yeah now I also want to quote the office because when I when I said uh when I when I said Justin just pulled out a binder it made me think of the opening where where uh <laughs> Jim Jim says Dwight why are you taking off your clothes because he's you know he's recording it and, and everything, and then all of a sudden, Andy goes, "I am cutting off Phyllis's head with a chainsaw." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it just, just goes so dark, and everybody's just stunned. And right. then he goes a little further and makes the chainsaw noise. <laughs> yeah. that, that part I remember laughing so hard. It's just uh, so random. It's like, why would you even say that? Oh, it's just fantastic. I still, I, I follow every like office character, you know, I mean, it's not, you know, it's just every day I get at least one clip that shows up on Twitter from the office that, yeah. you know, takes me 10 seconds to watch. And oh, I yeah. just, I just sit there and remember how great of a show that was. It was a great show. Fell off a little bit like season whatever after Jim and Pam got together, but you know. Yeah. The Robert California season was a struggle. That was a struggle. But, uh, oh, well, James Spader killed the office, but he's good on blacklist. All right. You got any more questions? I think we should wrap this up. Let's wrap it up. All righty. Well, Justin, thanks for joining me again. Look, we, we seamlessly transitioned into an actual wrap up instead of complete dead air wondering who was going to do it. That's usually, that's the norm for us. That, that, that is the norm for us. So, uh, you know, thanks for joining me. I, I, I'm proud of you, man. Good, good job getting your articles out there. I hope you keep doing it. They're fun. They're fun to read, and uh, you know you're you're bringing some bringing some different stuff than what you might just read about. You know, usually there's people giving player perspective stuff like that. So I'm glad that you're spreading spreading the league talk and stuff like that. It's great. You know, your website hopefully will continue to 
to thrive as well. I think both of them will just continue to grow. So congratulations on that, man. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. It's been fun to see. All right. As for, uh, oh, go ahead. Give your, give your at commish talk blog.com Yahoo at whatever handle it is. Um, yeah, that's it. It's just at commish talk blog. You can find me there on Twitter. So I'm on there probably way too much, but I like to interact on there. So get a hold of me. Hey, let's pitch one more time. Let's pitch your $4 challenges. Yes, that those are actually filling up decently. Um, I have a ton of 444.com subscriptions to give away in each league. I always say this in each of my tweets, but there's 100% payouts. Um, so it's like 100% payouts, and then on top of that, there's subscriptions. So to me, it's a no-brainer. It's $4 to enter. The kind of idea behind it is you pay $4 to get into a league, and you do something nice for somebody else. So I know that since I've joined, I've, I've purchased a number of other people's uh, entry fees into the league. I've just kind of been excited to be able to do that and see people be appreciative. So um, I think the more, uh, more of a habit we can get in of giving to other people, even if it's something small, I think it's pretty cool. So I think that's just the, that's the idea behind it, and I hope a lot of people continue to get in it. But you can just go to commissiontalk.com. Um, right there on the main page, there's a tab that says $4 leagues. It's, it's all over there. So, uh, would love to have everyone that's listening to this join. Um, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. The drafts are going to run August 6th. And so, um, it'll be low maintenance, their best ball. We draft, um, have some fun doing that and do something nice for someone else. And then we see how it plays out. I'll go ahead and uh, pitch another charity league because why not? We'll just make this a, Hey, Scott, Scott's doing it. Why don't we all? Um, the, the FFCC 200, I, I have an episode coming up shortly or may have already come up. I don't know about the order here. Uh, was the FF couch coach joined me for a little bit. And as did was, he created these leagues where, you know, a portion of the proceeds from every single league goes to charity. It actually goes to Scott's toys for tots drive. So that again, it's just a, it's a best ball league as well where you get in, it's it's got an, a, a unique take on a best ball league where after a certain amount of bad weeks, you get eliminated. So got a whole episode talking about it. That's a fun league as well. And again, that's another way to give to charity. We should uh, probably also touch on the ADP outperformer game that we're going to be running. Let's let's save it for the next podcast. We'll do, We'll do a little short one. All right. Sounds good. We'll, we'll skip that for now. Be ready for that next time, folks. Thanks for joining me, Justin. As for everybody else, uh, have fun out there. Thanks for listening. Interact with me at EmpireFFL. Uh, show email, fantasyinsanitypod at gmail.com. Thanks a lot. Enjoy the insanity. peace of mind I know it's hard sometimes yeah I think about the end just way too much but it's fun to fantasize all my enemies who wouldn't wish who I was but it's fun to fantasize I'm boring so I'm taking my time on my ride oh I'm boring so I'm taking my time on my ride